Welcome back to the Suraj Podcast. In the last episode, we heard how a bear tamer came with a massive brown bear. We heard the story recited by Guru Gobind Singh about a Sikh who was cursed because he spoke harshly, yelling at another Sikh, not giving him prashad. We heard of that Sikh's liberation as well. And chapter 19 now begins describing how the wise Guru Gobind Singh in this manner was getting larger, bigger and stronger, all the while liberating his Sikhs. He would practice Shastravidya, the science of weapons and warfare. And he would grapple with people and he would throw them down. Going outside, he would pro- perform target practice, shooting arrows with his bow. He would shoot these arrows while seated in Birasan. This is a crouched position. And sometimes he would stand up, hitting the targets, knocking them down to the ground. Sometimes the Guru would practice with a training bow, which would increase strength in his large, thick arms. He would hear the great praise of his grandfather, Guru Hargobind who fought in many battles against powerful, large warriors. How he would adorn such a stiff, powerful bow, piercing and killing countless enemies with his arrows. These arrows having large feathers on the back, the arrowheads were wide and thick. No one would be able to stand in front of them. Such battles occurred many times. And Guru Gobind Singh, listening to these stories of his grandfather, had in such enthusiasm arise within his heart. So he called many blacksmiths, teaching them how to make these arrows, and they began making them with wide spearheads. In this way, they began making many weapons. They would make spears, many different types of spears, some spears with metal shafts. And these blacksmiths would then create these weapons, giving them to the Guru. The Guru looking at them, at these weapons, so delighted, he would graciously give out great sums of money to these blacksmiths. People hearing this came to donate countless weapons for the Guru. Guru Gobind Singh would then bestow these weapons to the warriors close at hand, who would hold these weapons and be so happy in their heart. Guru Gobind Singh kept many of these blacksmiths there in Anandpur, creating many different type of grand weapons. Day and night, the military supplies were piling up, and those mercenaries who would come by, the Guru would hire them and keep them close. Some would consume their food from the langar, the communal kitchen. Some others would take the money and prepare their own food, and the Guru would give out fees to the warriors who would day and night stay there just drenched in this martial spirit. The Guru would mount up and go out horse riding. He would go into the forest and hunt to his heart's delight, chasing after many deer until they they were tired. They would encircle these deer and then shoot them down with arrows. Others would shoot them down and hunt them with their guns, while others would strike them down with weapons like swords and others with spears while spinning them around. They had many different types of birds of prey there as well, from shikara, juraha, hawks, and other types as well. They had hunting dogs, and in this manner, they hunted greatly. They practiced maneuvering on a horse, galloping at full speed, and then jumping as well. Both large and small type of jumps and maneuvering, maneuvering around via adjusting the reins, doing laps as well, quickly reversing the direction with the movement of his hand, also spinning around the horse, for the practice of agility, the horse was made to move in every single possible way. Day in and day out, the Guru would enjoy such adventures and feats. The congregation, seeing them, were just delighted. And just like in the manner of his grandfather, Guru Hargobind, Guru Gobind Singh had adopted all these traditions so closely to his heart, adopting and maintaining the manner and traditions of warfare properly. How Guru Hargobind had fought and destroyed enemies in the battlefield, practicing and preserving the tradition of Shastravidya. Just as Guru Gobind Singh had heard these stories, the Guru had performed them just in that same manner. 
Such a glorious, illuminating form the Guru has. Graciously bestowing grace upon others, being the treasure of happiness. The graciousness and anger of the Guru does not go empty, and the Guru destroys all of their obstacles and faults. Congregations would come far and wide to obtain the Guru's darshan, divine sight, and daily people would come and go back to their home. The form of the Guru was so stunning and beautiful. Now I will describe it in this manner. And if any Sikh is listening to it and contemplates this form, they will receive all meaning, righteousness, desires, and liberation. The four padarat. The lotus-like feet of the Guru are soft and subtle. The liberating feet are reddish in hue. Those Sikhs who have such love in their heart for them, they lower themselves to these lotus-like feet, and they too become reddish as well. They become filled with love. They become rubies. They become priceless. The Guru's nails are glistening and upright. It's like on rubies you have diamonds embedded on them. His feet were so delicate. They were like red fruit of gohar. This is a type of gourd. From his toes to the heel of his foot, it had such a beautiful arc. It was as if it looked like the shell of a turtle, the same type of curvature. His toes were straight, and they looked like shoots of a branch, which enticed the mind. On top of these beautiful feet were his ankles, which had all the beautiful characteristics of nice ankles. His two large legs were firm and stiff. They were as if pillars of strength, which were fastened there, firmly. On the Guru's abdomen, there were the three markings, Travali, these three creases signifying prosperity and beauty, looking so beautiful. His navel was profoundly radiant, mesmerizing the mind. His long arms would extend down near his knees. They were thick, like bottle gourds. So thick they were like the trunk of a massive, strong elephant. These thick, strong arms shined. It was as if there were two pieces of lightning, or two pieces of Indra's mace. The Guru's wide chest was like a rugged gate, just meant to stop enemies. His lofty two shoulders were stunning. They were like shoulders of a bull who had all it could eat from a field. Around the Guru's neck was a large pearl necklace, glistening. Each pearl was so round and large it looked dazzling. His beautiful chin from all sides was charming. It was like a ripe mango fruit, which everybody likes. His lips were so delicate, with a very red hue to them. His teeth were just like a row of diamonds, and when the Guru would laugh, you could see them sparkling. It was like a coral wood box was opening up to show these two lines of beautiful diamonds in a row. Both of his cheeks were graceful and elegant. They looked like the priceless mirrors of Kamdevta. On his two cheeks, his hoop earrings would dangle and dazzle. They had jewels and gems embedded in them, which was shining so brightly. The Guru's round face was like a moon. It looked bright like a blossoming lotus. His speech was sweet like the sound of thunder. And when speaking, he would be providing his servants with amrit and rosial nectar. Or at times, it had the tone and depth of battle drums when he was speaking just drenched and filled with the heroic spirit and us. His sharp eyes looked like the petals of a lotus flower. Such wide eyes were striking. They were filled with grace. Their glance was so glorious they looked like a fish moving around the water. Such sharp eyes were radiant, even without surma, even without eyeliner. They looked as if a metalsmith had made a shining guitar, a punch dagger. In the world, is there a man or a woman who is so dry and stiff inside that they would not get enticed by the sight? The Creator had really fashioned his masterpiece when making Guru Gobind Singh. Whatever was available to the Creator, they used that, just showing off. 
When Guru Gobind Singh would look around, without even giving any money, he would make people his servant. Such a proud, radiant, stunning, beautiful form, such a delightful vibe was just oozing out of the Guru. His eyelashes were so alluring, so flirtatious, like a boat of seduction was created. His eyebrows were bent like a bow. His forehead was just filled with great fate. His case, his hair on his head, was black and sleek, and on the top of his head was a grand dastad, a turban. A plume was attached to this dastad, along with a jiga, a tiara-like ornament, which was embedded with jewels, glistening and sparkling so brightly. Gold bracelets were embedded with diamonds around the Guru's wrists, which were cut so exquisitely by the jewelers. In the same way the nine gems the Guru was wearing was glistening gloriously, it was as if he was wearing the nine celestial bodies on his arms. Every day he would wear clothing of different colors, wearing the newer styles of clothing. Such a stunning ring the Guru was wearing, and around his neck a strap which held his large kardag sword. He would practice archery, telling his blacksmiths to make the sharpest and widest of arrowheads, and grasping these arrows, knocking them to the bow, the Guru would shoot the arrows out, hitting the mark from such far distances, these arrows traveling at such intense fast speeds. The bow was made to be so stiff, which could only be drawn, pulled back with great strength. And after a year of training with this type of bow, the Guru would then say, Give me one with double this stiffness. Such jungi, such vicious wide arrows were made for war, were created out of Damascus steel. The word here used was falad. The Guru would request them, and countless were made. Looking at these sharp, large arrows, Guru Gobind Singh, a profound skill and virtue, would say, Oh, when will I pierce these vicious arrows through the limbs of the enemy Turks? At some point, fearlessly, in battle, when will I shoot these arrows at them? At some point, holding my gun, hitting the mark, I'll knock them down in the battlefield. In this way, Guru Gobind Singh would train martially day in and day out, performing his feats and adventures. And this is how chapter 19 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear how Guru Gobind Singh gets married again, the second marriage. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. Yeah.